This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3568 for Wednesday, the 6th of April, 2022. Today's show is entitled Popcorn Episode 2 Programming Mathematics and Asymmetric Literacy. It is hosted by Black Colonel and is about 15 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is in this episode, Blackernal tries to help you understand enough about math and programming. Hello, Hacker Public Radio. My name is Black Colonel, or Izzy Leibowitz. And before we get started today, I just want to, res- I just want to point out that I don't, I'm not making this episode of my own volition. I'm making this under coercion by our uh, illustrious Ken Fallon due to a discussion that we had on Mastodon that I thought was rather clear, but then again, I feel like the confusion doesn't have anything to do with programming. It has to do with linguistics more than anything else, which he might feel a little bit strange to hear me say, possibly. But the thing that I said on Mastodon I'm not going to read it verbatim because I am driving at the moment. Um, but the thing I said on Mastodon was that learning to do math, uh, maybe I will read it off of the thing. I'm coming up to a stop sign, so give me uno second. While I pull this up. Alright. Verbatim, what I posted was, saying you don't need to know math to do programming is like saying you don't need to know how to read in order to write. Technically true, but it makes it way easier. That is verbatim what I said. And Ken's response to that was essentially that He said that it was the ability to think logically that was important, and that learning to do math with programming just meant that you had to learn two things now rather than just learning programming. Uh, This shows a misunderstanding of what math is, possibly what a a misunderstanding of what programming is, but I will never disparage somebody's uh, programming ability or knowledge without uh, evidence of that exact skill. But it kind of does show definitely a misunderstanding of what math is, because it says the ability to think logically, which is which is what math is. Like, I'm going to start out with explaining the definition of what math is. Uh, mathematics, uh, modern mathematics, is based on what are called the ZFC axioms, which is the zermelo frankel with choice axioms. And those are a set of... Uh, what is it? I mean, technically, it's countably infinite because there's two axiom schema, which I hate. Um, but I think that there's nine axioms, I think. Something like that. And two of those axioms are actually axiom schemas, which means that they contain within them infinitely many axioms. Because uh, it's just like a recipe of how to create new axioms, which is why I don't like it. But there's a couple of different... Um, mathematical frameworks. The other one, I believe it's the Gödel something framework. 
Kurt Gödel worked on one of them. That's the one that I like because it basically encompasses a lot of the same things of ZFC, but uses uh, explicit um, categories rather than using uh, a sort of free choice type of nonsense. There's also piano axioms, which are a set of... I, I always want to think that it's nine, but my favorite number is nine, so I'm probably wrong. It's some number of axioms which are define the, uh, the ring of natural numbers, I want to say. Well, I mean, it's not even a ring at that point. What is that? The group, whatever. The group of natural numbers. I believe under addition. Maybe none of the operations are explicitly defined within the piano axiom. But anyway, so you have this group of axioms. So I'm going to use the piano axioms as an example because I can remember at least some of them. So piano axioms are like um, the zero axiom. So you have a, a, a thing, we're going to call it zero, uh, and that's going to be a thing that we're calling a natural number. So zero is a natural number, is a piano axiom. Uh, the next piano axiom you could say is that the successor of any number is the successor of any natural number is also a natural number. So if we had a thing that was the successor of zero, then that would also be a natural number. And then the successor of the successor of zero, that's also going to be a natural number, uh, etc. Um, zero is not the successor of any natural number. That is another axiom of the piano axioms. Then we have the... What is it? I'm running out of brain power of remembering all of these axioms while driving. Anyway, so you have all of these axioms that are basically of this form, and they build up the natural numbers in this case. And then you take uh, logical deductions from those axioms. That's what math is. Math is a series of logical deductions and proofs utilizing previous proofs or axioms. That is all math is. Math can be done in a lot of different forms. You can have things like uh, geometry. But I, I, I do know, if there's only five, I think there's only five. I think I know all five of the geometric axioms. There is, you can join a, two points with a line. Because the fifth axiom of Euclid is the one that gets all of the hubbub, which is that if you have a point, if you have a, um, there's many different formulations of it. The one that most people know, or rather that most people have heard, is that if you have a line and a point not on it, then there is precisely one line parallel to the given line that goes through the given point. Uh, I believe that the way that's formulated in Euclid is that if you have two lines, and a third line, which intersects both of those lines. Um, 
exterior angle is less than, what is it? Yeah, so if the sum of the two angles is uh, less than two right angles, then the two lines will intersect in the direction that the uh, sum of the two angles is less than two right angles. I believe that's what it is, or something along those lines. It's called the uh, Euclid parallel postulate or Euclid's fifth postulate. Um, my favorite formulation is the simple fact that squares exist, and that can be the entire axiom, essentially, because the existence of squares, i.e. something with a quadrilateral with all sides being equal and all four corners being right angles, um, requires Euclid's fifth postulate to be true in order for that to be able to be constructed. Anyway, um, what the hell was I talking about? I went on this big long tangent about what math is. Uh, so, now I should get into what programming is. Uh, so what programming is, when you're writing a program, the computer will, uh, <coughs> I'm so tired. I shouldn't be doing this right now, but I'm doing this because I need to explain. Programming, all programming is, at the end of the day, you have the computer, the CPU, has a bunch of instruction sets in it, or it has an instruction set, which is a bunch of programs, well, not really programs, a bunch of instructions that tell the computer what transistor operation to perform. And all a program is, every single program that you've ever written, is simply a logical extension of the instruction set. Exactly the same way that mathematics is a logical extension of the axiom. There is no thing that you can write in programming that is not um, dependent on that instruction set. The same way in mathematics, there's no um, theorem that you can devise that isn't dependent on... Um, those axioms. They are the same thing. They're the exact same process. So, I need to get into asymmetric, um, asymmetric literacy for a second to explain sort of what I was meaning by my thing. Because I'm not saying that you need to know math in order to do programming. What I'm saying is that they're sympathetic, they're positively sympathetic operations. Because, because they're the same thing under the hood, if you understand how to do math, then you'll understand how to make your programs better because you can write the programs in such a way that reflect the underlying structure of the computer, which will make your programs run more efficiently as well as give you a lot more insight into how errors may be occurring, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, especially if you go into like, I'm getting off track. I need to talk about asymmetric literacy or I will never talk about asymmetric, asymmetric literacy. Asymmetric literacy, is an example where you can read or um, write in a specific language, but not necessarily doing both. <laughs> I'm going to use the example of um, Cantonese, Chinese, and Mandarin. Well, when I say Chinese, I mean the written language. Cantonese and Mandarin have the same written language. So, you can uh, write something in Cantonese, and someone who speaks Mandarin will 
get the gist of what it is, but they are different languages. So even though you can communicate through writing across languages from Cantonese into Mandarin, you can do that, and you can do that perfectly well, and it's, I mean, it's completely fine. But if you are a Cantonese speaker uh, writing for another Cantonese speaker, then you will have much easier time and will be much more, um, you'll be able to be more exact in how you word things and <coughs> the understanding will come across a lot better than if you're a Mandarin speaker trying to write to a Cantonese speaker. That's what I'm saying. Because the math is, and the computer are the same thing under the hood, if you understand it, then you can understand the programming a lot better but if you use some other analogy, then it will be, you'll write programs that are perfectly fine and perfectly work, but it won't be as exact or as nuanced as it could be if you also knew math. That's what I was saying. I hope that this made some kind of sense, and I know that Ken is going to tell me that I need to now make a video on, or sorry, an episode on every single one of the piano axioms, every single one of the Zermelo Frankel with choice uh, axioms, uh, one on Gödel and etc. etc. ad infinitum, and I, I do want to do all of these things. I'm not even lying. I'm planning on doing a episode on each one, or at least aggregately on the Zermelo Frankel with choice set or axioms in mathematics uh, for the. Emergency log, emergency queue. Um, but I don't have time. Anyway, I'm gonna hopefully get this actually onto my computer from my phone. We're gonna see how well that goes. But right, that's it for now. You can, if you have anything you want to talk to me about, you can contact me over email at izzylibowitz at pm.me or via Mastodon at blackkernel at nixnet.social. Both of those will be in the show notes, and those will be the only things that are in the show notes. Please, uh, Ken, if you want to tell me to do more episodes, like you did with my last episode of Popcorn, I would appreciate it if you give specific examples of, of what you want episodes on, because I talked about a lot of stuff, and none of that is in my brain anymore, so I would like to know which topics you actually were interested in. I know you'd just say all of them, and I could do one on literally every single word that I said if I had time, which I don't, so I want to try to make ones that are more interesting, even if you would be interesting on like the etymology of every single word ever spoken in English. Anyway, I'm sorry if I sounded ang angry. I'm not actually upset. I'm just very tired and... I have had a very long week, by which I mean that I have not stopped doing things for the past three weeks, and I'm very tired. So I'm going to go to bed now. Uh, bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, you click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com. 
the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.